0: Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to another episode of Is This Making Sense? Dialogues on the Pursuit of Balance, Wisdom, Leadership, and Everything in Between. My name's Eric Johnson. I'm here with Seth DeGray,
1: and today's episode is... Agree to Disagree. Um, This kind of comes out of conversations Eric and I have had where um, I I just feel like we need to disagree more. Um, We got so much positive feedback on the episode of, uh, what was it, Vulnerability? Where we really had different views of vulnerability. And um, it's amazing when you and I disagree, the positive feedback we get. of People so, like listening. Now, are you saying that
0: we as in you and I need to disagree more or that we as people need to disagree more?
1: Yes. Yeah. It's we as people need to disagree more. And I think, you know, because you and I, we see a lot. Of, we see life and we see things pretty much the same way. I mean, there are some probably variant things uh, that we disagree about, but you know, we're both laid back. Uh, and so we, we, we agree on so much. And I think people enjoyed that we didn't have the same viewpoint. And so it made me think about how as society, uh, culture, whatever it might be, we're not disagreeing as much as I think we need to. And someone might quickly object and say, have you been on social media lately? Yeah, I was about to say that exact thing. I, I, I don't think, think that we need to disagree
0: more so much as we need to disagree better. Because uh, I think right now we, I think what, what I hear you saying is that we don't disagree much because we get in our little echo chambers. We have the group of people that we have group think with and we all agree. And from a distance, we disagree with people that we don't know but in person we're not really disagreeing w- much because we find the people that we want that that makes life easy to get along with i guess
1: yes yeah you're exa- that's exactly it it's that we we say we disagree we see conflict in society but we're seeing it from our tribe we're seeing it from our group and we're not engaging with it because it it turns us off and and, and pretty much i would say most engagement comes from not having a real dialogue it comes from just it's like taking a rock and throwing it into the ocean and, and saying, boom, I got my point across, you know? Um, we, we, so, so we see conflict. I think we see conflict in society and we see people being very heated, but it's, it's not disagreeing. It's just screaming. And that's not disagreeing. If I'm, you know, if I'm going to, you know, with our spouse, if we're going to have a conversation about something that we really need to nail down We get nowhere when it comes to like yelling, raising our voice, doing something very over the top, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I, the way that I'm looking at this is I just, I don't think that we have, I think, I think COVID has certainly made it worse since we're all so separate, but our ability to have civil discourse is very, very low. Like, I think we're all so dang set in our ways that we are old dogs who can't learn new tricks. So when somebody has a new idea or something that might be slightly uncomfortable, no, absolutely not. You're, you're, you're wrong. You're wrong. I'm right. You're wrong. And the, it's like, it's just, it's, it, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere at all.
1: Yes. And so, so for me, a little backstory or inside, when Eric and I we talk about, hey, what do we want to talk about in the podcast? What is something that's resonating in us lately? And for me, a thing that's resonating in in me, and I want I want to give everybody the encouragement to go listen to this uh, podcast. It's called The Argument Ninja, uh, and this guy um, he the the episode I go to the specific episode. So the podcast is called Argument Ninja. The title of the podcast is Tribal Literacy and Emotional Intelligence, and it was recorded on October thirty first, two thousand seventeen. And this guy is going to—he he breaks down. Or he he basically—it's an interview he gives, and it will—it'd be so much more insightful than what I'm going to probably present to you today. But I just want to present the idea and challenge uh, you, Eric, and myself, and anybody else listening to this—is that. We need to have more conversations that are outside of our tribes, outside of our groups. Or it's not even just having conversation, but we need to listen to other voices and, and to not be afraid of listening to a voice that is completely different from you. There's nothing wrong with
0: that. Well, I think there's everything that's good about that. I think we, we tend to um, demonize our differences, instead of celebrating them, we are not all the same. And that is a good thing. I often think about like, I don't know if I'm going to get this point across well, but like if an alien were to come and look at our planet and they have no context for the way that we are, what a human even is, and they see from a distance people with light skin and people with dark skin, allowing that to be something that that separates them, I think they would be so confused by that. Like, like, aren't you both humans? How is it that you've allowed the color of your skin to be something that's so divisive? It's just... But for us that are in our own skin, it's, it's so clear. But it's like, no, it's not so clear. It's crazy talk to me that we let such silly things like skin color be so divisive. It's, it's ridiculous. And so we, again, we demonize our differences. We want to we wanna group together the people that look and feel and sound and believe like us. And everybody else is wrong.
1: Everybody else is wrong. And, and they're dangerous. And I think the thing is, is that the reason it's that way is because we naturally – which is nothing wrong with it. We gravitate to people that are like us. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, you, you're you're going to gravitate to someone who likes the same sports team you do. If you're into this NFL team, what are you going to do? You're going to get on a blog that's all about X uh, NFL team, you know. And and there's there's nothing wrong with that. I think what we struggle with is that we allow all of these influences that we agree with. To be the only thing we listen to. And so the moment we see an argument or, or a thought, a thought process, or you know, whatever it is that's counter to what we might wholeheartedly believe to the core of who we are is the right way, we just automatically um, dehumanize that person that's presenting the argument. And I would, I would, you know, bet that if you were to have a, a serious disagreement with somebody if you got in front of them face to face your presentation your response everything about about the the disagreement you're having would completely change if as opposed to you just being behind a keyboard oh, yeah. on your laptop or on oh, your yeah. phone
0: Oh, absolutely. It's like, it's like road rage. There's been so many studies about road rage. There's a, there's a separation between you and the other person of your car. They're not like, like you said, you said it well, we dehumanize them. They are not human anymore. They're this object in my way that's driving like an idiot and they should die, you know, but, but if you weren't and you were just in the same room, it would be so different. I think uh, one of the things I wrote down is we often overlook our commonality. Now, if with two people that completely and utterly disagree about something, we often overlook the, all the stuff we have in common and an example of this I think that that helps paint the picture for me is like when you're when you're somewhere where you're not comfortable like like if you've ever gotten to travel internationally, like if you've on a mission trip and you've been internationally um all of a sudden you're a fish out of water, so if you find somebody in, so for instance, I went on a trip one time to Uganda uh, and there happened to be, I'm originally from Arkansas. There happened to be on this trip where we, I was, it was a bunch of different organizations that had come together. So I didn't know many people, but there, there was just one random other guy that was from Arkansas. And again, I, had, had the two of us been in Arkansas, it would not have mattered at all. He's just another guy from Arkansas. I don't care about him. But when we're both literally, you know, 6,000 miles away from Arkansas, randomly in, together in Uganda, it's like, hey, dude, yeah, you know, it's all of a sudden you have so much in common. And I forget, I, I think we often forget the fact that the people that are around us, we have so much in common with, but we find these things to be the one thing that separates us and that we, we can no longer be, you know, we're, we're totally different.
1: And, and that's why I think we need to argue more <laughs> and, 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 argument and argue more is, is the wrong thing. But what I'm saying is, is that I think that we need to have in-person disagreements. One of the things that I love is, and oh, excuse me, I love, let me, let me back up. One thing that I personally try to do is listen to a podcast that is completely different from from what I think and, and value or there's a few podcasts out there that I listen that the commonality the overarching principle of what they're talking about so like there's this one it's a tech finance business podcast and that's an overarching umbrella that I can get underneath and and they're all talking about what's going on in the tech industry the business industry and and so I, I connect with that but half of their programming, the things they talk about, maybe 40%, have all of these other issues that they bring up often that I don't agree with at all, their lifestyle, their lifestyle choices. But I continue to come back to it because there's this overarching umbrella that I can connect with and I'm going to get some gold nuggets out of. But then the second thing is, is that I know they're going to push me in my thinking about a bunch of topics that I – am completely opposed to, but I need to hear their thought process. They're humans. And if I if I care about them as a as a human, I, I want to understand what it is and why they're thinking that way. Yeah.
0: I Could not agree more. Here's the thing. We are all different people from different backgrounds, from different life stories, from any number of different things. On top of the fact that we're wired all differently. We've talked at length about the Enneagram. We are literally wired differently. We are going to naturally see the world differently. That is a good thing. That is a good thing. And so I totally agree. And I love that you're taking in these these separate sources because one of the things I had written is we have a tendency of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. If if you're listening to a news outlet or you're listening you read an article and they say one thing that you disagree with oh you write them off just write them off that's ridiculous there's nobody in the world you're going to agree with completely and if you do you you're again you're you're in a little small little echo chamber and so for instance I, I read this um I read this devotional every day it's called Yes and by a guy named Richard Rohr Richard Rohr he's a Catholic I forget what his title is but he's 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 Catholic he's a a friar I think is what it is. He's a genius. He's just a genius. However, he also says a lot of stuff that I disagree with. But I'm not just going to write him off because he has so much wonderful wisdom to offer me on most, most days. I, I can't, because he happens to believe in the Big Bang, just write him off completely. No, no. He has so much great things he believes in. So what if some, if some of the stuff we disagree with? I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater because if I do, I will stop taking in these, these um, ideas and, and vantage points and viewpoints that are making me and stretching me to be a better and more diverse person.
1: Yeah. Just think about yourself and how complex you are. Now take an issue that impacts multiple people and how complex of an issue that is to try to figure out a solution to a problem. Um, you know, it's funny. Um, a, about a year ago, my my daughter, Savannah, we'd be putting her to bed and, you know, I'd come to her and rubbing her back and praying with her. and And she would just start to ask these questions about, you know, God basically and and they were like big abstract questions. And it, it I mean she didn't just come out and say the easiest one. Um if there's a God that loves us, why do bad things happen to good people? But it was it was in her mind, it was like these things where there was like no in the ark or you know uh space or whatever it might be. And, you know, when I'm putting a kid to bed, I'm just trying to go to bed, you know, in the night, in the day, we're all peacefully because I'm exhausted, they're tired, you know, we're at our wits end, and I'm just needing them to stay in the bed, (laughs) don't get out. Um, So when she's asking me these questions, I I say, you know what, you know, I'm not prepared to answer them at that time, as well as, you know, how do I take this question and, you know, quickly break it down for uh, eight-year-old's mind, seven-year-old's mind, and But my response was this, that's a great question. And I don't want you to ever be afraid to ask more questions like that because we serve a big God and he's not afraid of those questions. And so for me, the point was not to try to answer the question, but was to try to put in her mind, it's okay to ask questions, be secure in asking questions and not knowing answers because I I believe in God that he's big enough to take these very complex questions and give me an answer or not give me an answer, but that doesn't change my faith in him. So don't be afraid of asking a question that you really don't know the answer to. And that I think is why we don't disagree or why we don't listen to other people's opinions is because we're insecure. Oh, absolutely. I, said, I put on here the biggest
0: obstacle to civil discourse is our pride. Mm, we could yeah. be wrong. You might be wrong, Seth. Can you believe that? You might be wrong. <laughs> Here's the thing. One of my biggest concerns in growing is growing old and being set in my ways. That's one of my biggest concerns. I want my brain to be pliable until the day I die. I think that practicing the ability to have civil discourse is a big step to that because the youngest old people I know are the ones who are still learning, growing, questioning, and admitting they were wrong. That's how you stay young because how is it that we all become adults in the range of 18 to 25 years old and all of a sudden we we have everything figured out? If I remember right, I was an idiot between those ages. How is it that I whatever I've got there, I've latched onto and I've stopped learning and growing? That's that's crazy talking. And I think a lot of people don't
1: know that they live in that place. Yeah, you're exactly right. And and it goes back to that selfish nature. And I think also it, it goes back to what I heard on this podcast, Argument Ninja, uh, which I really encourage you to go check it out. Argument Ninja, Tribal Literacy and Emotional Intelligence. It was recorded on October 31st, 2017. But in that, what what you what you're heart hitting at is our incentive structure. We're incentivized to stay safe. You know, our brain is designed to keep us safe, to yeah. avoid danger, to avoid yeah. threat. And yeah. so, the incentive structure personally is to survive and to win. And then the incentive structure culturally. You know, it's so easy to just completely throw the baby out with the bathwater to borrow what you said. But the incentive structure is uh, um, all or nothing, say this, stand by this, and you'll be fine. And so I think that's where we, we've got to get away from this idea that um, it's an all or nothing game and that I need to win and I need to feel the power because um, be secure in who you are. Okay, let someone disagree with you. Let someone say something completely different from you. Listen to them, but it doesn't have to change you. You listening to a thought is not going to just completely shake and change who you are. Um, And what's so interesting, if I can keep on going for 10 more seconds, Eric, uh, you're not a disagreeable person. And what I mean by that is you're not grumpy. You know, there are disagreeable disagree- people that are very just grumpy and no matter what, they're just negative. And that's not what I'm talking about. That's the the, the big clarity I want to bring. Being disagreeable is not about being negative on everybody. It's just that, that that's just being a grumpy person. So I don't want to get that confused. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean... I just I think again it comes back to
1: how well do we do it? How
0: do we disagree? Uh, I'll get into some at the very end. I want to talk through some exercises you can use to, to for this. Before we before we get there, I want to talk through just a, a quick story of when I really started being challenging on my beliefs, and it was when I met Sandy. Sandy and I get along. If, if for anybody who knows us, we Sandy and I get along incredibly well. Like. Like, th- like, um, suspiciously well, like, how do you guys get along so well? Kind of like you and Hannah. It's like, how, how do yeah. they do that? Like, yeah. I, I, Fortunately, we, we got married late in life where we knew where we who we are. We're both very peacemaking. She's, she is a full blown peacemaker. So it just works. However, and we first met, um, you know, she, she, her belief, the way that she believes was just different than mine. And at the time I was very black and white about my belief. It was very, I I would consider myself to be a little bit of a Pharisee at at that point in my life. And she, we were arguing about something in the Bible and she accused me of being a Biblia idolater. I said, (laughs) what is a Biblia idolater? And she said, it's somebody who idolizes the Bible. And I said, how can that be bad? (laughs) How can that be bad? Uh, but long story short, it forced me to question things because at that point it hurt the idea of being wrong hurt or even the idea of potentially being wrong. But long story short, I did the hard work and, um, and I've gotten to the other side, uh, with two things, a stronger faith and the ability to know that I don't know it all because she was right. I put the Bible on this pedestal actually above God and above people. And that was a bad thing, but it was hard because the way that I was raised, like the Bible is this holy, holy book. And it is, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from it, but what I'm saying is my view of it was a bit distorted and it was really hard to hear that that was the case. It was hard because your belief is central to who you are as a person.
1: And when that's attacked, that's when we get defensive, yeah. you know? And, and when that's attacked, that's when we just shut everything off. And, and I You're- totally get that because that's, that's what i do i mean and and so as i as i as we have this conversation we need to disagree more it's really a challenge to me because hey, if we if we were to take it very personal how is it that you know challenge myself how am i interacting with my flesh and blood and that is my brothers and my my brother and my sisters and my mom and dad on things we disagree you know that if we could bring it really am i really practicing what i'm talking about right now and so that's that's one of the things where it's like okay you know we we get these big headlines news headlines of problems and we automatically drift to a side natural And then we stay there and then we, we, we don't really interact and engage. And that's where it's like, okay, when when somebody in my family is going to disagree about something, how am I creating a environment for them to voice that? How am I creating an environment for them to say, oh, that's interesting. I don't agree.
0: Or, or that's interesting. Tell me more uh, as another one. So I have a lot of friends who like me don't necessarily believe the same things as my family anymore. Uh, whether it's p- politics or it's faith, we may be on different pages and it makes for some unfun gatherings. We all forget again, just how much we have in common and focus solely on the things that we don't. And then wonder why we don't see each other more often. Like why do we see each other more? often? <laughs> well, I could tell you why it may not be fun. Um, our relational growth is totally stunted. So this last election did a number on a few relationships that I have and, and, I learned a lot in this process. I learned a lot, and but I, I think a lot And so I, I, I've mentioned on here before we have, that my, my community group is six couples and, and uh, the six, the six uh, girls, they have their own Marco Polo and the six guys, we have our own Marco Polo and we all have similar, trouble sometimes getting through some disagreements that we might have because you know me and a me, me and another person can look at the same news article and see it two wildly different ways and just think that the each other is such an idiot and so in this process I've learned really just the the ability to just listen listen more ask a lot of good questions and it's not something to win <laughs> I've stopped trying to win in the argument because it's just not because like we're in a post truth. Uh, age. It doesn't really matter what is true anymore. It matters what you believe, and so it, it's not about winning because you can't win anymore. So just listening more and and never forgetting that that a person on the other side is something you care about and you love, and it's more about it, it's more than this argument. It's more about where we land on some silly issue.
1: I I, I agree. I, I mean, I'm, I think that's so great you're saying that because what I think about is when you said there's it's post post truth and it's all about what's relatively what's relative in, in terms of society society is saying we're in post-truth. It's society is saying, this is my truth, that's your truth, whatever. And it's all about who's going to win, who has the biggest, um, basically, uh, momentum to shame somebody or to culturally correct somebody. And, and I think that's where, for me, a helpful takeaway is, is when I'm consuming content, whether it's a show or I'm reading someone something, or I'm seeing a tweet, or I'm seeing a reaction. I've got to be aware that there is a there is somebody that is t- trying to win out there. There's a powerful there, someone's trying to show that that they are right and they are going to be the winner. And it's like mic drop, done. And I've got to realize that someone's agenda to win could be completely different than what my core values are. Even if I agree with them, what is their motive for trying to win? Um, because their motive to try to win might be something completely different from me. So I've just got to be honest to, to recognize whatever I'm consuming and try to figure out what's their motive to win. Yeah, yeah. So for me, as we close, I
0: have, I have three exercises and a question. I guess a few more questions actually. So, I think a good exercise in an argument is to take a breath and ask yourself a few questions. One, could I be wrong? Could I be wrong? And the next one, is my stance more important than this person? That's good. Is my stance more, ask yourself that because it'll 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 check you in this debate. It's like, wait a minute, I'm getting all hot and bothered. Wait a minute, I love this person or I, I need to have influence over this person or I, I'm losing influence. Is my stance more important than this, than this person? And then the last one, uh, am I actually listening or am I just waiting to talk <laughs> slash yell? Am I just waiting to yell honestly? Yes. And then my final question is uh, for our audience is, um, I, I would ask you who in your life or who in my life have I let my stance get between us? Mm. Who, who have you let your views on Trump, your views on the election, your views on woke culture, what uh, black lives matter. Have I let that become more important than the person that I, my brother, my dad, my mom, my uncle, whatever it is, have they become more important? Has that stance become more important than my relationship to them?
1: I love it. That's That's great. That's great. Three uh, great takeaways. I would say this. This is what I'm speaking to myself. Is is that is enter into whatever it is with humility. So enter into listening to some podcasts that you disagree with with humility. Enter into um, whatever it is with somebody with humility. Second, I would say be bold. Um, I think often that we're humble and we're and I say this for me. This is this is all me. Be bold to tell someone that you don't see it that way and have a conversation. Um, Because often it's what I will do is I'll, I'll listen to someone's take that's right there in front of me and I'll be like, okay, and I'll write them off or I'll distance myself from them. So be bold to have a conversation of disagreement. And then thirdly, I'd say, Get closer, get closer to the situation and get closer to the person Uh, because I think the closer you are to it, the more sympathy you will have, the more understanding, the more openness, the more influence, whatever it might be, the further you are away from a particular person when you're disagreeing with them, the harder it is to be persuaded or to persuade them. And then lastly, it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of the same as be bold, but just don't be afraid of another person's viewpoint. Don't be afraid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So two, two kind of takes on this conversation, you know, how to do it well and how to, how to do it at all. Uh, so uh, hopefully this has been helpful. I would just encourage you, again, don't let your belief, you know, in, in the Christian faith, we say, what's the most important thing? It's to love the Lord your God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that means going past the things you disagree with to, to, to the person. So, um, yeah, for those in your life that you're maybe struggling with, just, I don't know, be humble and and swallow your pride and and see if you can work it out. I don't know. I feel very
1: idealistic right now. (laughs) I love it. Well, we hope this conversation was helpful and it made sense. Thanks for listening.